everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is March 14th. Today is the first day of this week's Come Follow Me block, which is going to be sections 27 and 28. So just two sections this week, but lots to study. Before we jump into section 27, I want to give you just a little bit of historical background to this section. If you'll remember last week, we talked about when Joseph went to Colesville and preached and baptized several people there in Colesville, but that there was an angry mob waiting for him as soon as all those baptisms were over. They took him to court. He was acquitted. He was arrested again by someone in another county. Again, it was dismissed. But because of everything that went on after those baptisms, that group of Colville saints was never confirmed. Now, two significant people who were in that group of saints were Newell Knight's wife and Joseph's own wife, Emma Smith. So here, in section 27, Newell Knight and his family and Joseph and his family are together. And they decide that it would be the perfect time to confirm Emma and Newell's wife. And it's suggested that before they do that, they partake of the sacrament together. So Joseph heads out to buy some wine for the sacrament. And this is the section that follows. Now, before I jump into that, another preface is... Every single time I teach about the sacrament, I get the question about wine. Why did the Savior take wine? Why here in early church history was it wine? Why in Moroni, when we read the sacrament scriptures there, it's also wine? It is always a question I get. And the long answer is, wine today is different than wine historically. In the Savior's time, the word wine could mean grape juice that was fermented or unfermented. However, it's also important to realize that fermented wine in the Savior's time was always served diluted, very, very watered down. In fact, those who didn't dilute their wine were looked at as absolutely barbaric. People who partook of wine, especially for things like the sacrament or at mealtime, it was always, always diluted. It was not as alcoholic as it is when we talk about wine today. So that's the long answer. The short answer is that we might not totally know the reasons. We might not totally understand. And it's okay to not totally understand something, especially when we're trying to understand history through the lens of modern day understanding. It's okay to see something and say, I don't quite get that, but that's okay. And this might be one of those topics for some people, and that also is okay. So let's jump into section 27. Verse 1 says, Listen to the voice of Jesus Christ, your Lord, your God, and your Redeemer, whose word is quick and powerful. Now, I know I've said this before, but I absolutely love how the Lord oftentimes, when he's revealing his will, We'll preface it with who is speaking, really making known to Joseph Smith that this is his will. And I think that that's important because oftentimes we wonder, okay, was that my thought? Was that the spirit? And I can imagine that Joseph at this point, being young, being less experienced in receiving revelation, may have that same sort of experience. May think, was that my thought or was that the Lord? Was that revelation or was that just my own thoughts? And so I absolutely love here that Revelation often begins with the Lord declaring who he is, your Lord, your God, your Redeemer. And then he says, whose word is quick and powerful. Now, if you'll remember, the word quick when it comes to the scriptures doesn't mean fast. It doesn't mean speedy. Historically, 
anciently, the word quick means living. If you'll remember the scriptures say that Jesus Christ is the savior of the quick and the dead. That doesn't mean the fast and the dead. That doesn't make sense. It means the living and the dead. He is the savior of all. And it's the same thing here. The word of Jesus Christ is living and powerful. And I think that that is extremely important for Joseph Smith to hear, especially considering the revelation that is going to come. Joseph needed to understand that the words of the Savior were living, meaning modern day revelation, new ideas, new things can come. Things might change a little bit because the revelation, the words of Jesus Christ are not only powerful, but they are living. And how vital is that for the world that we live in today? I absolutely love the scriptures. You guys know I love the scriptures. I'm kind of a nerd about the scriptures. But as wonderful as they are, we are not given specifics on how to deal with modern day problems and modern day issues. Thus, the word of the Lord is living and revelation comes through modern day prophets and apostles. Elder Uchtdorf said, Because Heavenly Father loves his children, he has not left them to walk through this mortal life without direction and guidance. The word of the Lord is quick. It's living and it is powerful. And so the Lord, understanding that what he was about to say would be difficult because it would be a change, prefaces the revelation with that idea. His word is living. Then he goes on to say, For behold, I say unto you, that it mattereth not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink when ye participate of the sacrament, if it so be that ye do it with an eye single to my glory, remembering unto the Father my body which was laid down for you, and my blood which was shed for the remission of your sins. Now that was a change. That was living revelation. Because up until that point, All anyone knew about the sacrament was that the Savior had started it. The Last Supper, he broke bread, and he blessed wine, and he passed it. And he said, this do in remembrance of me. So from that time on, Christians broke bread, and they drank wine to remember the Savior through sacramental symbols. But because the word of the Lord is living because we believe in modern day revelation and because things can change, all of a sudden the Lord is saying, it matters not what you eat. And then he gives a great stipulation, if, if it so be that ye do it with an eye single to my glory, remembering me, remembering my body, remembering my blood. I remember being a kid and thinking that that was fascinating, fascinating, that it didn't matter what we ate or drank. I was looking forward like nobody's business to the day that the sacrament tray would come around and it would be Cheerios (laughs) in the tray instead of pieces of bread. I was really hoping for that. It's never happened in my life. However, if that were to happen, we could take the Cheerio. And if we do it in remembrance of our Savior, of his body, of his blood, it would mean the same thing. Now, that being said, we do have ideals. And the ideal is to use bread, something that we can tear in remembrance of the Savior's torn flesh for us. Just like the hymn says, bruised, broken, torn for us. So every single Sunday, we see that 
bread being torn, remembering that the Savior allowed his body to be torn so that we could have salvation. We also use bread because the Savior himself is the bread of life. We use water because he is living water. And my friends, if we partake of the sacrament with an eye single to his glory, we also can obtain the promise that he gave the woman at the well when he said, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That is what the Savior offers. That is what his blood that the water represents does for us. It creates within us a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So no, it doesn't matter if it were Cheerios and Kool-Aid, but we choose bread and we choose water to help us partake with an eye single to his glory and all that he did for us. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hill.